Hello and welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange, our series of conversations with the artists, labels, and promoters that are shaping the electronic music landscape. I'm Will Lynch, and I'm the Associate Editor of Resonant Advisor. Since they first appeared in 2009, Benoit and Sergio have been a square peg in club music. They're regulars on dance labels like Vision Quest and Spectral Sound, and on tour they share the stage with DJs. But they're pop artists at heart, unsure of what they call the tyranny of the kick drum. This tension is what makes them unique. Songs like Walk and Talk, with its cheeky lyrics about ketamine, really couldn't have come from anyone else. Earlier this summer, as they put the final touches in their long-awaited debut album, Bimo and Sergio stopped by RA to talk about the two sides of their music. I just noticed um, earlier today that when you guys did the RA podcast, you said um, basically the album was coming up and you said something like, we're making a lot of room for it because we want it to be really epic. Um, so it seems like you're kind of thinking of this album as like a big, you know, big turning point in your career, a big, you know, big part of the Benoit Sergio's story. I hope so. So before any of the big tracks came out, we started working on the album, so it's been sort of germinating for quite a while. Um, so we were pretty on standby also because of touring and yeah. working on the live set as well, but yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, like, th- I think we did three tracks for the album in like one week in December, yeah. and that was the moment we were like, okay, we've got an album started now. We hadn't even planned it. We just sort of hadn't been in the studio together because I had moved to Berlin that summer, summer of 2010. We were in the studio for like six months. Then we got together in DC in December and just like popped out these three very nice tracks. Um, And then that was the moment where like, okay, that's the seed for the album. And then, you know, Walk and Talk came out and and everybody and all those tracks and we just sort of got rushed into the, the touring no, life. Yeah. I mean so, the time yeah. I think the time we take is a combination of doing the track we really like properly and also just logistics like, because we too and have the life that we have to put them in standby. But so I guess we're taking our time for sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. um, probably take about three years from the first track yeah. to the time <laughs> it's done. <laughs> because it'll probably be done around fall or something of this year. So, um, but the other thing is, yeah, the other thing it might be taking time for is like, we don't really play any of the tracks from the album on during our live set. It's like Mm -hmm. two different universes, really. There's like the album universe, which is, you know, uh, I 
I would say it's like more less dancey for sure. And then mm-hmm. there's the, all the stuff we're trying to get into the live set every week to play at a club, you know? So this is kind of like almost bifurcation of like what we're doing. Just like the club and then the studio stuff. Yeah, I thought it was interesting the way you were just talking about it. it seems like uh, there's no question like what's what's a track for the album and what isn't. Mm. Right, for sure. There's one that's in between, but yeah. Yeah, there's one. There's one. Yeah, but see, yeah, because the album stuff is, uh, we would say, it's like, I would say more musical for sure. Yeah, than the stuff dreamy, yeah. dreamier, more musical, and more of sort of, there's a lot more attention to lyrics and mm. vocal stuff yeah, as yeah. well. So... I always say, I don't know if Benoit agrees, but I always feel like you, there's only a certain amount of words you can say in a dance track. Like, you can't go on with, like, 16 bar melodies of vocals, I don't think. And these and these album tracks have, like, very long vocal melody lines and lots of words. So just in that sense, we know, okay, this is, like, Full lyrics with vocal melodies. It can't go into the club, right? It has to. St- and and then the music that follows it is also more melodic, less pounding, yeah, less, less pounding. You know? So it's very clear for us, like, oh, this is definitely an album track. It just wouldn't fit elsewhere. It fits on a record. So, yeah. And I think a lot of the lyrics too are they're sort of coalescing around a certain theme you know um so it just makes sense and it feels natural when we have a track that we feel like okay this is this is right for the album it's it's very clear to us yeah i mean you guys kind of uh um this sort of you sort of straddle the line between um pop or indie and um club music right in general um i guess it's interesting to hear that like that comes down to technical differences in the music. I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, go ahead. But the vibe, I mean, if you listen to the, the tracks, it just, for the globally, I mean, on the dance floor, those tracks just, I mean, would not be, are not dance tracks, or like, they're not ready for like, club 2 a.m. Yeah. gig. I mean, some of the just, tracks are like 95 BPM, you know? And like, Nico Jar can go and play 95 BPM in a club, but like, we can mix those with all like seven. <laughs> right, we, we can't do that. We can't go like 95 BPM, some dreamy sort of like slow down tempo track up to like 125, you know, just like it doesn't work. So sort of like a paradox, like the stuff we really are making in the studio and that we feel the most musically is, isn't stuff that we go out and play every weekend. But I think a lot of producers feel that too. I mean... I think Ricardo Villalobos is an example of that as well. Like, John Roberts was just speaking about uh, oh, he's doing it uh, on air, right? He just said like he's working the album and he's uh, he's not. I uh, he didn't say club it up, but he's he's actually taking the tracks from the album and reworking them to make them real more pumping. Yeah, and like Ricardo we're thinking of doing that for yeah. the album, but we we just don't know yet if we if we work. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, and also, like, Ricardo, like, his stuff is so abstract a lot of the time. Then you go see him play, and it's, like, two different people, you know? Yeah. um, At least at the bigger venues where he's playing. Like, I saw him at Fabric, and I was like, wait, that's Ricardo playing? 
you know, based on his work, you would never think that was mm. him, you know. I don't think there's anything wrong with no. that either. I think some people are like, oh, how can he be playing this music at Fabric, but in his studio he makes this music? As if there's like some unbridgeable, or there's some contradiction there, you know? I don't think there is. I mean, really. I think, yeah, our palette is pretty broad, and I, we, I mean, we like, actually, I mean, we do like, I like the what we play during the clubs too. I mean, it's just a different kind of fun or pleasure, you know? Right. But I think, yeah, but I think, but I mean, maybe you, you feel this too, is that there seems to be sometimes like a kind of, not an animosity, but like he's maybe Ricardo somehow being inauthentic because he's playing one kind of music at a club, but he's making something else or maybe, you know, you know what I mean? Or, Or do you feel that there might be that kind of sense for fans that like, there should be a seamless sort of connection between like your production and what you play out. It's not like we're not feeling what we're playing at a club no. or like anybody else who's DJing isn't feeling what they're doing. I don't think that that's the case, but I think maybe, I don't know. Do you ever wish you could just play like a concert? You know, like play the songs from your album without any regard for you know, that, dance floor? I mean, that's something we would like to do, yeah. For sure. For yeah. sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, just we were playing in London on Saturday night um, at Corsica Studios. Do you know this place? Yeah. It's great. It's an amazing place. We were doing this sound check for, like, how long? Like, super long, because we were just, like, you know, super loose, just jamming and, you know, like, concert style, you know, um, 10 minutes on a track, just so, like, you know, doing vocals and, like, jamming back and forth on mm-hmm. synths and stuff and we looked at each other and be like man we should just be doing that you know um but then it feels like you couldn't really do that at 2 a.m because it would just be sort of like jazz noodling or something <laughs> you know what i mean but it feels like the context changes at 2 a.m you can't really do that but it'd be fun to it may be 8 p.m you know if the context were right because I mean what you said earlier about how you can't play the you have a track that's 90 BPM but you can't play it but um, obviously if it was a concert where right. people bought a ticket and they showed up at 9pm and you, goes, you guys go on 10 right. what is the I think also in the dance culture in the dance context there's a problem of mixing you know the continuing the pace and stuff right. the fact you stop the music maybe do a little bit of a vocal intro you really can you so it's add like so much freedom in terms of changes and right. stuff exactly you I think the problem is we try to keep a, some kind of a DJ feel by mixing and that tempo tempo changes and even mood changes are really our problem like key or even it's it's you can't do that I think but in a yeah, concert style, you stop and then you can go wherever you want, basically. Yeah. Um, and that would be nice. And, you know, yeah. take a lot of like, man, you could go anywhere. Choose your own adventure style, you know? So. Does it seem like um, kind of inconceivable to cross into that world, though? Like the world of concerts as opposed to parties? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it involves we, quite a lot of. It would require, yeah. it would require a lot more sort of uh, apparatus, yeah. you know, other players and yeah. more equipment and all that sort of stuff. Um, but you know, 
there are also people we know who would be into doing something like you know hey let's go and let's go and do like more festival stuff you know jamming make it more concert style so you know that's very tempting especially when you have friends who you admire who are like let's let's do this you know let's try something new so it would help out a lot to have that to have that uh, infrastructure already in place and then move into like kind of a festival setting we'll see so I mean obviously this kind of a you know for lack of a better term like pop or indie crossover thing is kind of novel like there aren't very many um, groups like you guys um, how do you think you ended up here or, or, or why did you end up with this sort of mixed you know sensibility I mean I think just because we like both genres are both sort of camps very much like I love Berlin dance party scenes amazing you know? and also love like American indie scene and um you know, so it just seemed like it's like if you like both of them and you you're drawn to both of them, then you sort of naturally uh, combine these things that you like, and uh, didn't feel like that much of a struggle or weird or anything like that for us to do it. It felt more natural just to do it this way, you know, with the gear we had to start off with, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which was basically dance gear like Roland yeah. and Junos and all this sort of stuff, just sort of classic dance gear. But then bringing to in the a, vocals, bringing in maybe, like a, I think that the vocals just gave that indie flavor from the start. With the well, we were for a while trying to do minimal, and and then basically it was like minimal indie music, yeah, and, or minimal pop, and yeah, yeah, it sounded sounded right, yeah. <laughs> but then I guess you know we were, I was in we were in Detroit last weekend for Dump, and I was having lunch with. Um, a friend and he was saying have you heard this group Blue Hawaii do you mm -hmm. know this group yeah he was saying like um, Blue Hawaii is kind of like minimal meets indie it's like minimal techno with vocals on top and all of a sudden it changes the whole equation or mm -hmm. calculus the result is pretty different from how you guys sound but that you know on a simple level that's yeah, yeah, basically, right? Yeah, okay. Huh. But when you guys were first um, making music together, it was in D.C., right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, like, uh, you know, not being in this kind of uh, Berlin-style community, not being in this community of DJs, um, did that have any effect on the fact that, you know, you sort of had this um, band approach to making music? Mm. I think so. I mean, like, uh, we always say, like, D.C. is pretty much a bubble. I mean, it's isolated. It's like making music you go in the woods and you're in your studio and you're <laughs> I mean it's pretty much the same thing so I think for I mean for me at least it's kind of help to kind of do your thing you know do your own thing and completely abstract yourself from the rest so that yeah. freedom from the, at the beginning yeah for sure I think being in DC help because yeah. we're not so exposed to oh well we gotta do this or, or this is never gonna work if we do this you know kind of yeah I mean, it's not to say that DC has an amazing but it's, dancing. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like one of the best yeah. around. So it, it, it's isolated, and yet, like, man, it's, it's one of my favorite places to play. It's one of my favorite places to go out. The crowd is Yeah, yeah. There's a small, good. great... Yeah. Yeah. But he was actually starting... It was fairly, fairly small when we just yeah. started. And now it's sort of blowing up a bit more. 
So what is what is it like? Like, what's the music like? What are the clubs like? Well, the best. The, I think the best club is you all. Yeah, the vibe is good. The vibe is yeah. great, and they bring in you know anywhere from you know Lee Foss will play, and they, but they also have like you know concerts during the week with like almost more like electronic indie yeah. stuff. Like um, who was just playing? I don't know. Path. Patha Du Prince. Yeah. 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 I mean, Matt, yeah, Matt Deere, like, in his band, you know, so it's like... The bookings are great. I mean, you get, you know, it's you, it's not the quantity, but every weekend you have somebody really, yeah. really good playing, basically. Yeah, and it's always full, and it's people going crazy, you know, it's great. And they have smaller clubs, too, but it's a very good scene, yeah. But it seems like maybe the fact that you guys are getting together to make music, and you're not hanging out with other musicians and seeing exactly how they do it like maybe that fostered this kind of you know um unusual style or whatever could be yeah and i also, think at the beginning it was for sure now we are really more exposed with touring and stuff which is great because also you know i mean it's good you need you need both like you need advice or feedback but the beginning yeah we were just you know one of the world yeah yeah uh, and bruno was coming we're in contact with Bruno and stuff, but Bruno Pranzato. Yes. Yeah. But you know, I think it's also just you know, if you're you know, everybody if they don't sort of like look to other people, if they just sort of like sit in the studio by themselves and just sort of like make their own sort of like potpourri of music, it'll be weird and strange. And mm-hmm. that's sort of what we did anyhow, because we're just like Let's, why does it matter? We didn't think anyone would ever okay. put out yeah, any yeah, of yeah, our yeah. music. The, so we were just the first really ones doing it for ourselves, yeah, you yeah. know? Like, it was just for us. Like, yeah. like we were surprised that anyone would ever want to, mm. like, hear anything we did. We sort of still feel that way. <laughs> In a way, you know? Like, this is just weird. Well, this track is bizarre, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so... So what was the first like inroad, or how how did that end up happening? That people heard your stuff. Well, it was, Detroit, it was right? it was through Detroit for yeah. Dempf one weekend, and uh, we had just finished that full grown man track, sure. which you which you were so kind to sort of champion, <laughs> and uh, and then Bruno Pronsado heard it. We didn't even we just gave it. I gave it to, to my friend, friend, one of my yeah. best friends, Ben Paris, who's a who's a um, friend of mine from Baltimore and he just was playing it all weekend on his MacBook in hotel rooms you know at after parties you know and people were just like well what's this and Bruno heard it and he asked if we wanted to put it out with his record mm-hmm. and we were like of course because Bruno at you know at that time and still is like a kind of a very like mad genius producer and idol of ours so we were like super excited that someone like Bruno would want to put it out you know and the rest is history from there, really. I mean, then you guys liked it. Um, and then we went from there. So going from there means um, you moved to Berlin. And, like, what exactly was the like next stage from that part? Well, we moved to Berlin. I moved to Berlin. He was still in D.C. And, uh, and then we had a few little jams in the pocket at that point because we had like walk and talk was finished when I moved to Berlin but again we were like 
this weird track. Like, who's going to yeah. be into this thing? You know, it's like, we had no idea. We just had it. We're like, gave it to Seth and those boys and they were at Vision Quest and they were like, yeah, we'll put this out. And so that was in the pocket and there were a few others in the pocket. And where are the freaks, right? Ryan had it in DC. Yeah, we had basically the whole Vision Quest EP was done. Hmm. And then we had a, like, sort of like the beginning of everybody as well was in the pocket there. So we had like some things with that one we thought was going to be a nice one. Yeah, everybody knew. Yeah. So. Has it changed making music? Um, like you just said, you, you know, you had this feeling like who's even going to hear this or who would even like this anyway. Is it different now that, you know, there are expectations or you have a reputation of fulfilled? Honestly, unfortunately, yes, I think. Well, for the, even the audience, which is not really good, but you, you think more about what you're doing, yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest, yeah. I think it's, it's true. We yeah. try to. I mean, again, when we're back in the studio in DC, sometimes we go like a little more free, I would say. But when you caught up in the touring and you try your track and, you know, we make, or we're making a track and we kind of try it in the same week and stuff. I mean, you can be, you know, blinded and be like, oh, we don't care, this is a jam. And if, if the audience didn't react so well right to it. So, yes, I think some tracks, I mean, especially, I guess, the dance one. The album, again, we're very attached to them. I love them. Like, I, I really like them. Yeah. So this the album's like with, either way. If people don't like it, I don't care. Yeah, because we like that. <laughs> I really like it. Yeah, and Benoit really likes it. But like, yeah, if like for like the more dancey stuff, you know, it's like you test it's, it out, and it's like, okay, this one didn't rock the crowd. So then you sort of like sweep it under the rug a bit, you know. Mm. But you know, what's interesting is like we have this new track that we're playing. And this one I feel is really weirdo. Like we just sort of went back to like, let's just be weird and mm -hmm. whatever. And um, it works. and this is the one, you know, yeah, this is the, the one, one that that's works, the yeah. biggest jam now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's also the one that just felt more at most like us being yeah. like free again. You know, so so maybe that's the lesson. It's just. <laughs> But I think it's the environment. I mean, to, for me, for example, to make music when you're on the road, it's hard. I mean, being on the computer and touching up things left and right is kind of I feel we're best when we have like keyboard and stuff and we're using one of those jamming too like it's it's usually the best music come come out of that for us I mean I know some people are amazing and doing everything on the computer but so what's your ideal like you know session like what's what's your ideal work process Well, we were doing it in, right, yeah. in the winter, like we didn't have any touring. We took two months off with no shows at all. We were in DC, so we had like all of our gear. And, you know, I was in what, what walking distance from the studio. And we would just sort of show up every day at 10 and work till six. Mm. And go out to Chipotle and have a burrito at lunch. <laughs> Yeah, and then maybe drink some wine in the afternoon to get more loose yes. and just okay. jamming and, and not having to think about traveling anywhere and just sort of like being in that yeah. routine almost like work style you know like every day at the same time and then you get into this groove and yeah. like it took us about I would because we hadn't been in that groove for a while for like a couple of years it took a few weeks where we were just every like time awkward or like Ur. yeah 
So like the first couple of weeks was super um a little bit awkward and then we got into it again. It was yeah. man, then it was really fun, like it, how how it should be, you know. So that would be the ideal thing. Yeah. I guess it seems kind of sort of like ironic in a way that when you once you have enough of a reputation that you're getting gigs and stuff, it seems like that's the hardest time to actually to make creative. the music to keep getting gigs. Yeah, like you yeah. kind of have that ideal situation snatched away from right, you. Right, exactly. I know. I think, yeah, that's the thing. Was, yeah, it's like the problem of, you know, artists today because of internet or whatever have to tour. And I think it's, I mean, it's it's kind of a vicious circle because I think it, it could tend to lower the quality of the artist's release if you're not careful, you know. They don't experiment anymore, they just try to release and they have so little time to yeah. do that. Yeah, it's rush jobs, you know. Then it's and then it, you can get caught in your own recipe in a way. Mm-hmm. So you, and then that's it, you know, you have your like kind of classic recipe and you you just release that. It's like so pro forma, you know. Yeah. <coughs> so yeah, it's hard. I mean um it's not like complaining, it's amazing. No, no, no. tour and no, no. all that sort of stuff. It's I mean but yeah, it's too. like I mean, that's its own pleasure and its own magic, you know, and you don't want to lose that either, but it's really hard. It's also a balance to find this one. Yeah. Yeah. I think the best thing is just to take time off. Just if you can clear your schedule for that, that's like you really can rejuvenate and feel fresh again Mm -hmm. and come up with stuff that you're proud of. Do you feel any kind of, um, like, pressure to make uh, dancier music than you did when you first started? I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing, yeah. So you have to, that's like sort of what we're saying. Like, it's like when the album, in the studio, it's one kind of thing. But then we're also doing studio stuff, which is for the live set for 3 a.m. at the club. You know what I mean? So there's this kind of split between your studio time. You know? Mm. Because it's, we have, we have a live set. So we, have, we have to play all tracks. So it's not like... We used at the very beginning we were picking up we were picking one track from somebody else to have a break of like sound kind of also at the very beginning just putting a track from somebody else but we don't do that yeah no yeah not anymore so is it kind of a relief to um, work on the album and like just you know be able to sort of put the entire club thing out of your mind entirely for sure yeah you mean when we were working on it in DC yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was not. I mean, it's just also maybe doing a break from touring was kind of nice. Like you just think, oh, okay, we have the weekend to actually still make music. <laughs> you know, that, that's that's, that's nice. you know, like, oh, there's not an airport to uh, an, a plane to catch. That's a nice feeling. <laughs> but uh, but it's, yeah, it's 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 like I don't know. It's very. We are saying it's good to not be worried about having a pounding track. I think like like to worry too much about sound and this and that and conflict of bass and kick and all this stuff we were like this is nice to not think about this kind of thing because we I mean essentially we're not really focused on this kind of issue I mean it's it's dance music is about sound so we understand it's good to have an amazing sound and stuff but it was I mean I think so then we were completely focused on melodies and layer and structure and it's it was a nice feeling yeah sure like when we were really sort of getting rid of the tyranny of the kick, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I remember coming down one day and I was like, there's this one track we're working on, it's this really sort of lovely track, and we had, had it made it with a club in, in mind at first, mm-hmm. and I was listening to it, I was like rocked or something, like lying back in my bed at night, 
and it was just like so pounding and the kick was so like aggressive and tyrannical and I came to him the next day I was like we're just turn that let's just mute the kick and mm-hmm. just get rid of it for now and mm-hmm. then we sort of like when we dethroned the kick and we just had all this space to work with mm-hmm. it was just like oh that feels so nice yeah. you know so I'm really sort of like Oh, man, I'm getting tired of kick drums. <laughs> <laughs> I like them still, but it's good to take a break from the kick. <laughs> yeah. Is that kind of like, like creatively, is that sort of the breakdown between you two? Would you say, Ben, you're more of the pop guy and Benoit, you're more the producer? I think, I mean, I don't know. We're really to every, I mean, obviously Ben just did the vocals, that's, and lyrics, but, um, Otherwise, pretty mixed. I yeah, do I work on sound, but otherwise, I think we do in terms of layers on the. No, I think I think we are t- the thing. I think one of the things that we love about making music with each other is we we really like similar things mm. in music. Like, you know, it's rare. Like he'll he'll we'll be jamming. It's like very rare that I'll ever like we'll <laughs> be jamming. I'll look at Benoit and be like, "What is this guy playing?" <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened. No, no, we you don't know, like, We have like very similar things that we respond to musically, you know? So <laughs> sometimes we both get caught in some weird. <laughs> yeah, so, right that is, yeah. I mean that's not, the issue. that's not to say that sometimes we both come up with like really like what are we doing? <laughs> but it's always it's always together in a way, you know. And then we so, <laughs> We listen to it like a day later, like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> but it's very rare that, like, I think we ever, like, hmm, I don't know about yeah. what this guy's doing, you know? And I think that's cool. So I don't think it breaks down like that at all. I think he likes dance music more than I do, though. Yeah. Not at all. But he's good, yeah. yeah. He likes. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of have this disco funk route, so I do like the little bit that. Metallic. That's yeah, I also did electro thing. That's where we do bifurcate. Yeah, yeah, I do that. Yeah. But yeah. Did you guys bring different things um, like to the duo? Like, um, did you listen to different music from each other beforehand? We do, but yeah, I mean, I think we. A little bit. Have you guys played in other in other groups? No. no. This is your first thing. Yeah, ever yeah. Done. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. No, it wasn't like that. It was just like, it was, yeah, we just got together and started jamming. And I was like, wow, I, I love, love what he's playing. And he liked what I was yeah. playing. It just, it fit. Like, it wasn't like, you know, it's not like he's coming with, like, some, like, heavy metal background. And I'm coming from, like, Paul Simon, and we're trying to make it fit. It just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then it shows in the music where it's just like, yeah. mm, there's, like, some weirdness there. It's like, we very much have similar... The tastes and things, you know. Yeah, even on other track when we yeah. So yeah, we like the same, same yeah, sort of tracks yeah. as well. Like I'll be like, listen to this track, and he'll then he'll really like it, or you know, he'll play me a track. Like same if we dislike a track, usually it's because of the same one thing. Or yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that's how it should be. In all, you know, I mean, maybe it would be cool if we had this kind of like sort of sonic disparity or something like that, but. Mm. We don't. Do you feel like the um, center of music is kind of changing as time goes on? Like, is it headed in a certain direction? <laughs> it parties sometimes. I really, uh, I, I mean, for dance, there's some. Uh, 
I don't know where we are this year too much. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes with dance music, but uh, I feel like I think I feel like just man, I'm really returning to just being super mellow. That's what I feel the most. What do you mean that the trend is to? No, for the stuff that we're. Uh, I mean, for the stuff that. Yeah, we're yeah. Doing. I mean, you guys specific. Like, oh, also, okay. Yeah, yeah we actually do that one little track that we were working on recently, though. Sometimes I, you remember that one. The tropical craftwork. Tropical craftwork mm. track, yeah, and that's sort of like, I think where I definitely feel the most like just mellow, pretty, relaxed tropical craftwork. Mm. That's sort of where we're going. There's just yeah, we did. I mean, again, the uh, the album follows that is follows that trend for yeah. sure. Tropical craftwork style. Yeah, I mean, I guess I feel like the way you talk about the album, um, or it seems like very special to both of you and everything and that it kind of has nothing to do with um, club music sort of like with this this album coming out or being finished or whatever is that kind of like the metamorphosis is complete you know like is that could be a new Ben Juan Sergio when, that, when we finally get there <laughs> we don't know yeah sort of I mean you know we also we sort of were even kicking around the idea yeah. of putting the album out under a different name even yeah. you know because yeah. it is like it's not like it's not like sort of what we've been doing the last couple of years or what we've been known for, you know? Um, do you worry about, um, or do you think there's any kind of problem with being being perceived as an electronic duo doing an indie pop thing, you know, versus just being an indie pop duo? Is that something you think about or is that a problem? And um, I guess my question is kind of like, would you, um, you know, would you be happy to continue sort of being the popular act at a party, right? Or, or I did. I think I would be be okay to keep both, kind of. Yeah, it'd be fun to do that. I mean, to be able to sort of be sort of um, bi oceanic, you can sort of go from one to the other. It'd yeah, be cool. Yeah, yeah it'd be fun. We'll be create your own because world. I, I mean, I mean, I love. I mean, we love playing yeah. these parties. It's like then sometimes we think it'd be fun to do this other thing too. You know, it would be great to be able to have. To have both. And some gigs, we do feel like we, you know, I mean, there are gigs, you know, some okay gigs, well, like not so good gigs where we kind of just, okay, maybe we should be, you know. Yeah. Like all the music is maybe too, you know, like, trip, like dreamy, because it's still, I mean, it's still a little dreamy, trippy is what we play in the club, and sometimes we just maybe feel a little like. Yeah. We're not us between two chairs. Yeah, we had the show like a couple of days ago where it was like just between like two jacking like acts, they're just jacking it, you know? And then we came on, <laughs> it was like a little more like, you know, melodic or this or that. And so those kinds of shows you think it might be nice to be, be elsewhere. Just sit on the couch, watch television. 